they did it. They all ended at the same time. It was lovely. Thank you, ensemble. It's so hard these days to make music when you can't really get together and practice. So good job on y'all. I've never really loved my name. I'm not sure why, I just don't really love it. Maybe it's too short. I always wished my name was Amelia. Doesn't that sound classier? I think I would have liked it better, but it's just Amy. I tried for some time to get people to call me by my first name and my middle name together. I've always loved double names. I'm Southern like that. But Amy Adair never caught on. And I like names that are given for good, sentimental, and sappy reasons. Maybe part of why I don't love my name is that my name was happened upon by accident from a mispronunciation of another name. My mother was pretty far along in her pregnancy with me when she accompanied her mother-in-law, my paternal grandmother, to a doctor's appointment. My grandmother's name was Laura, not Laura, Laura, because we're good Southern, you know. My grandmother's name was Laura Lois Adair Jacks, but everyone called her Polly. Go figure. The grandchildren called her Ma Polly, but most often back in the day, she, like all other women, went by her husband's name. Go figure again. That one I will never understand. My grandfather was Alexander Bell Jacks, and everyone called him A.B. The grands called him Daddy B. So my Polly and Daddy B, Laura, Lois, Adair Jacks, and Alexander Bell Jacks, and after all those names, more often than not, my paternal grandmother went by the name of Mrs. A.B. Jacks. When it was Ma Polly's turn, the nurse, when Ma Polly got to the doctor's office with my mother, she signed in as Mrs. A.B. Jacks. And when it was Ma Polly's turn, the nurse stepped out and called Mrs. Amy Jacks. Or at least that's what my mother heard, and she thought it sounded good. So she decided that if she had a little girl, she was going to name her Amy Jacks a mishearing or a mispronunciation is how I got my name. I wasn't named for someone special unless you call that special in a roundabout way. It's not a family name. I wasn't named because of the meaning of the name, which I always think is a nice touch. If you name someone and the name means strength, then that's something they can live into. Nope. It just sounded good to my mom, and that was that. Well, as it turns out, the name Amy means beloved. I like that. Beloved simply means dearly loved. I've lived a life of feeling dearly loved, and I know that that's not everyone's story. I understand how lucky I am to be dearly loved. 
And every time I hear the story about Jesus at his baptism, when the heavens open up and the the dove descends and a voice says, this is my beloved in whom I am well pleased, I will admit that I like to think that God is really talking to me since that's my name, beloved. When I hear it spoken in that context, I think, just call me by my first name. Beloved. It's an interesting process, this naming business. is something you're stuck with and about which you have very little choice, and most of the time you have no say about your name. Of course, some people are strong enough or bold enough to make changes to their given name, and the changes actually stick. But usually we're just stuck with whatever our pa- parents tag onto us our birth name, our legal name, our nickname. How do you live into your name? A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, goes the proverb. Well, if that's the case, I offer to all of you, no matter your given name, the opportunity to choose to take on my first name. Beloved, since it really suits us all. The problem is we don't live like it suits us all. If you saw yourself, understood yourself, invested yourself, offered yourself as one who is dearly loved, and if you saw everyone else, understood everyone else, invested in everyone else as if they were dearly loved, what kind of difference would it make in how we see each other and how we treat each other, how we understand each other and how we respond to each other? A dearly loved one reaching out to another dearly loved one. A dearly loved one responding to another dearly loved one. A dearly loved one listening to another dearly loved one. A dearly loved one forgiving another dearly loved one. A dearly loved one loving another dearly loved one. We've never been big on titles. Reverend or doctor, Mr. or Mrs., pastor or preacher, from day one, we've always said to everyone, young and old alike, just call me by my first name. It levels the playing field. It doesn't matter how much education one has. It doesn't matter how or if you are connected to someone in a committed partner relationship. It doesn't matter the job you hold. Just call me by my first name. So when you call me Amy, what you're really saying is, Hi, beloved. That makes me like my name just a little bit more. So let me offer you something today. Let me gift you with something, and you can choose to accept it or not, but I offer you my first name, and I invite you to claim it as your own. Beloved, 
A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. But not surprisingly, when we read the full text for today, we, were remind, we are reminded yet again of our calling. We're reminded about what it means to have a name like Beloved. We are reminded what it takes to live up to this chosen name. Religion professor Walter Buzard says, the specific aphorisms that appear in this reading have in common the theme of wealth and poverty, and specifically how the wealthy are to regard and treat the poor. Here we go again, new day, same message. Part of the good name and regard that comes with that good name stems from a humble recognition that both the rich and the poor are creatures of God. And when they come together, whether in worship or on the street, the wealthy person has no more claim to divine favor than does the less fortunate neighbor. This observation was likely counterintuitive for the sage wealthy contemporaries as it is for a modern day hearing that has long embraced a notion that personal wealth and privilege are the consequence of divine blessing. At the end of the day, the wealthy for whom this book was likely written find a reminder that their prosperity earned them no special status before God. Proverbs is part of the wisdom literature of the Hebrew Scriptures. Old Testament professor Catherine Schifferdecker says the task of wisdom literature, including Proverbs, is character formation. It seeks to train up the young in the way that they should go. It upholds the virtues like honesty, hard work, self-control, and respect for those in authority, among other things. It addresses issues of everyday life, economics, friends, family, work, sex, politics. In the words of another Old Testament scholar, Ellen Davis, she says, the Proverbs are spiritual guides for ordinary people on an ordinary day when water is not pouring forth from rocks and angels are not coming to lunch. We only had six verses to look at for the reading for today, but these short sayings are meant to be understood individually. They don't build one on top of the other, though sometimes they are grouped according to common themes. But if one tries to read all of them at once, the task becomes tedious and the various pro proverbs become muddled together in one's memory. The proverbs are instead short poems that are to be pondered one by one. A good name is to be chosen rather than riches. I'm only going to look at one other one today. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. If you choose the name beloved today, you have to recognize that that's everyone else's name also. 
depending on one's social position, the proverb inspires either humility or hope. We are not what we have. Our worth is not based on our bank account. We are, at the most basic level, creatures fashioned alike by God, the creator of all. When we by chance meet together, the custodian and the CEO, the homeless and the lawyer walking by, the hotel cleaning crew and the well-to-do vacationer, we can, if we have eyes to see, recognize in each other the face of yet another beloved. Of course we can do that, since in truth we all have my first name. Whether you choose it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you use it or not, we have the same first name. Beloved, you, the one who is dearly loved. If only we believed it about ourselves. If only we believed it about all the people, all the people. The people that are oh so different from us. The people who have different opinions than we do. The people we like to judge. The people we like to put down. The people we deem as unworthy, the people we call enemy. The people that infuriate us and the people that hurt our feelings. The people that treat us poorly. The people that ignore us and talk about us behind our backs. They have my first name. Beloved. At least beloved of God, if not beloved by anyone else. And frankly, that still just rocks us to the core, that all the people everywhere have my name, my first name. How dare God love everyone dearly and then expect me to do the same thing. If you choose my first name, I will tell you it sounds great. Until you realize that you have to live up to it. I invite you to try it out sometime today for yourself. Hi, my name is Amy Adair Jacks Dean, no hyphens. But you can just call me Beloved. So let's just be on a first-name basis with each other, y'all. Beloved, let us love one another. May it be so. Amen.